Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mountains of Magic podcast, your place for Walt Disney World planning tips and tricks. I'm your host, Danielle, and today I'm starting a little mini series on things to do in Walt Disney World with each age group of kiddo. So today we are talking infant toddler stage. So this is episode 110, Tips for Disney with Infants and Toddlers. Hey friends, happy Friday. Hope you have had a magical week. And if not, do a little something to make today special for you, whatever that may be. But I have done episodes in the past about tips for Disney with kids, and I wanted to just kind of fine tune that. So I'm going to go through these next three episodes doing like a infant toddler episode today, kind of my top tips, things you might want to do with that age group. Then I'm going to go into the like... (laughs) the kid age group, which is kind of where my kiddos are now. So that like five to maybe like tween age, five to 12, what you might want to know for that age group. And then we'll kind of finish off with teens, things that you might want to stick with there. So hopefully wherever your kiddos fall, you'll find something in each of these episodes that will be helpful. But today we are talking infants and toddlers. I've taken both of my kiddos at this stage. Um, I've gone with my nieces and my most recent trip. We had a family friend. Um, Their little boy was there with us. So I've spent plenty of Disney trips with the young kiddos, many times not taking the advice that I'm going to share here. Um, So do as I say, not as I have done in the past. But going to be sharing tips that you've probably heard before if you've listened to new numerous episodes, but now it'll all kind of be condensed in one place for you. So first and foremost, you have an infant or a toddler. They will need a break as much as, and I would do this, like to force my kids into going open and to close, it doesn't go well. So know your kid. Don't think just because you get to Orlando or these can apply out in California as well, that suddenly you're in this magical vacation bubble and they're just going to be able to be troopers through all of it. Now, they might. It might be great, but be realistic. So my first tip for you is make sure that you are planning to take breaks, um, whatever that looks like for you. If that means going back to the hotel or if that just means sitting in some air conditioning, you know, whatever that may be, but find a way to get breaks in the day. Going along with this um, is just considering your toddler's schedule so or your infant schedule. If they tend to wake up at the crack of dawn, you know, at 5 or 6 a.m., take into effect the time change if you're moving time zones going to a Disney park. Um, but, you know, maybe that's great. You utilize that early entry and getting up early and maybe you make a super early breakfast reservation because, you know, that's when they're up and rearing and ready to go. But you also know that at 11 o'clock, like 
a.m., you're probably going to need to be back in the room, like taking a little nap or at least got the stroller out with the cover, all of that. Um, and then maybe you can refresh and come back out later in the night. And, you know, if you're a night owl and wanting to stay out, maybe you and other people in your party kind of swap, take turns like you stay with the kiddo, whatever. Um, I am one of those that tends to like push my kids and be like sleep in the stroller. Um, but sometimes there are consequences to that. So just be realistic. Yes, you want to enjoy the trip and get a lot out of it. But I think it's better to plan to take those breaks and then maybe be like, oh, okay, maybe we don't need this as opposed to not planning and then being, you know, upset when you got to stop what you're doing and go take a break. Now, with this age group specifically, I would highly suggest, if you can swing it, staying then at a resort that is walkable to one of the parks, specifically the one that you're planning to spend a lot of time in. So a lot of people um, with kiddos this age group, they find themselves at Magic Kingdom, which is honestly the park that I would suggest the most for this age group, not just because of the characters and the theming, but honestly, because there are the most rides here without a height requirement. So if your kids like the rides and want to go on those things and you want to be able to do things, you know, as an entire family or group, this is the park that's going to give you the most options there. But staying at somewhere like the Polynesian, the Contemporary, the Grand Floridian is going to either let you walk to the Magic Kingdom or take the monorail. And with the monorail, you don't have to fold up your stroller. So that can be really nice if you're going to take that midday break that you don't have to wait for a bus or some other form of transportation to get back to your resort. All right. Even though we're taking a break, we don't want it to take an, you know, horribly long time. So yes, Disney, if you stay at a Disney hotel, there's great transportation, but it can take a while to get back and forth where you need to go. Another tip, if maybe one of those deluxe resorts around Magic Kingdom won't work for you, is considering staying at a Skyliner resort. This will allow you to get that Skyliner access to Hollywood Studios and Epcot if you're going to be hanging out there. And there are deluxe, moderate, and value resorts all on the Skyliner. So regardless of your budget, um, that could be a great option. And again, this is just going to let you get on a mode of transportation pretty quickly, get back to your room if you need to take that break. And other plus, you don't have to fold up your stroller. If you're on a Disney bus, you got to get the kid out in the middle, you know, at night and they're tired and they were asleep in the stroller and you got to fold it all up. So those are just some perks to think about. Another thing when it comes to transporting your infant or toddler in Disney is that wagons are not allowed in the parks. Strollers only. There are some specifications, but most normal strollers are just fine. But just know you can't bring and load down your wagon they take up too much room. They don't allow those in the parks. In regards to the stroller, while you can rent them from the parks, those are those harder plastic strollers that aren't really going to lean back and they are what they are. This can be convenient, but if you're planning for your kiddo to be in the stroller or maybe try to nap in the stroller, they are not the most comfortable things. So I would suggest either bringing your own or you can rent from from outside companies in Orlando um, that will deliver to your room and pick up or deliver to your resort 
and pick up when you're leaving. Um, so that can be a great option and your travel advisor can actually help you book those as well. But go for the comfy stroller, especially if your kiddo is going to be in it for a while. And one other tip with that, you need the stroller. You need the stroller. Okay, even if your kid is five and hasn't been in a stroller at home for a year, you need the stroller. It's a lot of walking. Better to have the stroller and not need it than not have the stroller at all. Um, and if you do have your own, make sure you have some kind of distinguishing characteristic on it because when you park it, it's going to look like everybody else's. So having, you know, a brightly colored bandana or shiny fabric, something like that can be a great way just to help you find it a little faster. All right, I promise all of my tips aren't just about strollers today. We will leave that. Um, something else that I was very against before I became a parent, and now I completely understand. Um, if you have that toddler age that like likes the stroller sometimes, but then really wants to get out, consider bringing one of the little backpack leash things, okay? These are crowded parks. I would not just want to plop my two and a half year old down and like let them run down Main Street. There's too many people. So, you know, if you want the little leashy backpack cuteness, go for it. Bring it. Think about that if you know they're not just going to want to be in that stroller the entire time. All right. Next thing, you know, pack your diaper bag accordingly, but something to think about, you are going to have to go through security with the stroller and your bag could flag things and need to be searched. Um, so it could be easier to pack your diaper bag with maybe multiple little like clear pouches of things. Um, just so if you do have to have your bag gone through, that can be a bit of a quicker process or maybe breaking up some of the diaper bag items so they're easily you know, able to be looked at, you know what your kid needs, you know, the extra diapers, the change of clothes, I would just say go double triple on the snacks. Don't want anybody hangry while they're waiting in line. Um, there's plenty of food around the parks, but whether you're just trying to save a little money or you just have a picky eater, you can absolutely bring food and beverages into the park. Nothing alcoholic. You can bring coolers, just no loose ice. So whatever your baby or toddler needs, bring it in with you. If you have kiddos that are a little bit older, consider some games while you are waiting in line. Um, you know, obviously there's the Disney Play app. You can do that on the phone if you want. But this is where I love to like go to the Target dollar spot and get sticker books or sometimes those little activity packs that come with, you know, the three little crayons. If you lose it, oh, well, it was a couple dollars, but it can just be something fun to kind of whip out from your bag and give the kiddos to do while they're in line. Okay, now we're going to talk characters. So first thing I would say for this age group is to do your research about where their favorite character is and how represented that character or that Disney IP is. So here's what I mean by this. If you have a kiddo that is over the top crazy for Toy Story, that's great. There is a Toy Story land in Hollywood Studios. You can see Woody and Buzz there and the army men and all of that. That's great. You can go to Roundup Rodeo Barbecue. You will not see characters there, but you can feel like you're a toy. Um, but if you have a toddler or an infant, they can go on Toy Story Midway, uh, Toy Story Midway Mania with you. 
They may not be tall enough for alien swirling saucer, and they're probably not tall enough for Slinky Dog. So, yes, they love Toy Story, but they maybe got to eat a meal, and maybe they saw Winnie and Buzz, and they got to ride one ride. So, that, you know, is that enough? Is that fine? Look at other things at Hollywood Studios. Are they into Lightning McQueen? Are they into Frozen? You know, but just really make sure you know where they are. I don't want you showing up at Magic Kingdom thinking you're going to see Woody and Buzz there because you're not. Um, so do the research about the character your kid really loves if that's important and make sure you know where they're represented and how much they are represented. Now, in conjunction with this, there are also great character meals that you can do different places on property. Um, most of these are pretty standard. Either you're meeting some version of Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy, Goofy, Chip and Dale sometimes, or you've got princesses that that's kind of the generic. There are some spinoffs of that. But what you don't want is to book this character meal. Oh, there's also Snow White and the dwarfs. I forgot about them. Um, you don't want to book this character meal and then find out that your kid is deathly afraid of characters and they just cry the whole time or kind of hide. Um, so it may be a good idea to go to a park before said character meal and stand in a shorter line, you know, maybe not a 45 minute line to meet Mickey at the front of Magic Kingdom, but, you know, maybe something a little bit shorter to see how your kiddo reacts to the character. Then, as long as it's more than two hours out, if you need to cancel that character meal <laughs> or modify it to a different meal that doesn't have characters, you can. But that's just something to keep in mind if your kids have never been around the characters before is, you know, maybe doing a soft run. Now, this could go the other way. Maybe you go to the character meal, you find out they're petrified. So you don't wait in any 30 or 45 minute lines to meet characters because, you know, it's not going to go well. Um, but just you know, something to keep in mind, know where their favorite characters are and test it out to make sure your kid doesn't freak out. All right. Another tip I love, and I feel like this one is really prominent at Disney, like at night when it starts getting dark, you start seeing the streetcars come out selling the bubble wands and the light up sticks. And any kid is like, "Ooh, I want it. I want it. Consider buying that stuff at home before you come, whether it's Disney IP or just a regular shiny, you know, I bring glow sticks with us a lot of times, um, but you can get that a lot cheaper. You can get your own bubble wands. You know, you can probably even get some of it off Shop Disney or Amazon. Um, and then you can just be, you know, super mom or dad or aunt, whatever, and whip that out and be like, oh, look, we already have one and probably save yourself a lot of money. All right, next tip. I know I've said it a ton of times. I'm going to throw it out one more time. Bring something to cover your stroller. It's going to rain. You're going to go in a building and it's going to be bright sunny and it's going to downpour and you're going to come out and all your stuff's going to be wet. So bring something to cover up the stroller. Okay, now let's talk about some specific things you might want to do with kiddos in this age group. Um, you know, obviously, you can get on some rides, see the shows, but they might just need to get out and move around and run off some steam. So I want to talk about different places at each park where you can do that. Um, Epcot, I feel like, has some great options. Everything isn't necessarily a playground, um, but there are 
There is an outdoor playground right by the connection shop, which is kind of the big gift shop in the front where they can go. But a lot of the rides in the front of the park, when you exit those rides, there are actually great indoor settings um, where there's lots of interactive things for the kids to do, but also where it's just not as crowded where, you know, maybe if they ran a couple laps, people wouldn't notice. Um, So a few of these to mention. Number one, in the Seas Pavilion, there actually is a little like shark playground where they can absolutely run around and blow off some steam. Um, But after the Figment ride, there is is a little interactive kind of game thing where they can push some buttons, make some sounds. Um, after Mission Space, there is one there. Um, and you don't have to ride these rides to enjoy these indoor spaces afterwards. You can just go in the exit. Normally, there's like a gift shop or whatever, but go in that exit. It's air conditioned. You're inside and they can just go to town, push some buttons, all of that good stuff. In Animal Kingdom, there is a full-on boneyard playground, which is great. It is completely, like, enclosed, so you can just let them go to town, slide, run, all of that great stuff, and really get out some energy there. Um, Magic Kingdom, back in New Fantasyland, there's kind of a little splash pad area where they can play. Or honestly, I just like taking kiddos this age to the hub grass, letting them run around, sit on the grass, feel it with their fingers and toes, um, and just blow off some steam there. Um, Hollywood Studios, a little bit harder, but a few places that came to mind. There is the Disney Junior Singalong. And while this is a show, it is designed for kids. You kind of sit on the floor so your kiddo can jump around, run off some steam that way. And then just an area of the park that's a little bit more calm, less crowded um, between Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land, kind of back in the back of the park. There's this little walkway to get between them. Um, I normally find some like good seating back there. It's not super duper crowded. And again, it's by no means a playground or where you should just let your kid run laps. But if they just needed to kind of get out and move around, it's a little less crowded. I feel like that might be a good spot to go. All right. Other things to consider with this age group, um, definitely looking into the shows because they may not be tall enough to ride a lot of the rides. Um, So tons of great shows. You know, Lightning McQueen has a show. Beauty and the Beast has a show. Frozen has a show. Hollywood Studios got tons of great shows for the kiddos. Um, At Magic Kingdom, I'm thinking Mickey's PhilharMagic. That's a great like 3D show um, that the kiddos can watch. So tons of stuff to see. Lots of great shows all over Disney property. Uh, Lion King, Nemo over at Animal Kingdom. But Sometimes you might just need a show where you go in and it's air conditioned and dark and maybe mom can close her eyes for a second and doze off. So that's the kind of shows I'm thinking about now. The best part for these shows is at Epcot. I'm sorry, Epcot. Um, in the Land Pavilion, there is actually a show on the second floor. I should have looked up what it's called. But me and my mom went and took a little snoozy uh, with the toddler in our group last time we went. Uh, this is just a show kind of about Earth and different natural things happening. I think there were seven people in the whole theater and it wasn't too loud and it was air conditioned and dark. Uh, in World Showcase, there's a lot of shows specific to the country where maybe you can go in. There's something shiny for the kids to look at. 
air conditioned and cool. You can chillax. Um, so don't discount those shows that maybe the topic is not the most interesting thing to you. It can be a great place to go and just, you know, everybody have a quick little bit of chill time. Now, another way to get chill time and something I really like to do, um, if you're not going to be taking that midday break necessarily, maybe you just want to push through type thing, is to consider a sit-down meal for lunch. That's when it's going to be hottest during the day um, and And, you know, you can get off your feet, get in some air conditioning, kind of refresh and revive everybody. However, again, this goes back to like know your kid's schedule. Don't schedule that lunch in the middle of nap time and expect them to be thrilled to see Mickey Mouse. Okay, be realistic. Disney dining in most cases goes all throughout the day. So if you need an early lunch, like right at 1030, you can make that happen. If you need a late lunch at two, you can maybe make that happen as well. So be cognizant of that. Also know if you're going to take that midday break and you're not staying somewhere walkable to the parks, expect it to take a while. Don't think that you're going to get back over into the theme park within like 30 minutes necessarily every time. Make sure you plan ample time for transportation if you are going to be taking those breaks. Right. One other thing when it comes to dining, and this was actually something I didn't know until our recent trip, if you have a really young child, so kind of more of infant state where like they need to stay in the stroller during a meal or maybe they are napping, a lot of restaurants will have you park your stroller outside and not take it into the actual restaurant. They just don't really have the space um, and, you know, it allows them to get kind of more tables in. So we ran into this when we went to Space 220. You take a space elevator up into space. They don't allow you to take your stroller in space unless you have that infant. You can actually get a special pass, you know, if they're sleeping or if they're just baby baby that needs to stay in the little seat for it. So definitely ask about that at a restaurant. Now, if you have a three-year-old you're just going to have to wake them up and get them out of the stroller. But if you have an infant, they may allow you kind of special accommodations to take that infant into the restaurant in the stroller if you need to, if they're sleeping, something like that. And then last tip for this age group, make sure if needed, you utilize that baby care center. There's one of these in each of the four theme parks and at Disney Springs. And this is just going to allow you a place where you can go and change them, nurse them. If there's anything you need, medication or they got a boo-boo, you need a Band-Aid, you can take care of first aid things here as well. But this can also just be a great place if you need to decompress, if everybody just needs to kind of cool off and chill out for a second, um, you can take them in here and, you know, get whatever you need, do whatever you need to do, and then return out to the parks when you're ready. All right, friends, hopefully you got some good tips for that infant toddler stage in Disney. There is plenty for them to see and do, but doing a little research and knowing what's going to work best for your kiddo and your travel party can just make your Disney days go a little bit smoother. So as always, I thank you so much for listening. I would love to help you with planning your next magical trip. So be sure to check out the description of the podcast below. You can see where to find me on Instagram, Facebook, or email 
email me and would love to get you a quote and start planning that Disney, Universal, Disney Cruise Line, whatever magical vacation you're going for. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a second to leave a rating or review. I'll read it on the show and they are so, so helpful at having others find the podcast here. But as always, I thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a magical day. Bye-bye. Thank you.